0: Did anybody have any turkey today? Or are you all having it tomorrow? Oh, somebody had, so you're all fed up. Okay. <laughs> Could have brought some turkey sandwiches. Let us pray that God would just minister by his spirit tonight. I, I, I'm assuming, and they say it's not always wise to assume, but I'm assuming most of us are followers of Jesus here tonight. So I, I believe when, when people that follow Jesus get together, God can speak in marvelous ways and in ways that sometimes we don't understand, but, uh with words of wisdom and a prophetic word. and I don't even know what he's going to do tonight, even through this word, but, but I just believe God's going to speak to someone here tonight, and I hope there's more than one, but uh, we'll, that's up to him, what he does, and just, we need to just open our hearts that the Holy Spirit would uh, men- minister the word to us, because I, I know uh, from sitting in down there myself and listening to somebody speak from up here that the enemy is always at work, and we got different things in our minds, and we can go off on all different tracks, and service can be over, and we wonder, what? I wonder what was said. And uh, we're, we're going to throw the seed of the word tonight. We're expecting it to lay, land on good ground, and God is going to bring some fruit from this, not because of me, but because of the word. So let's pray, and would you pray also for yourself, that God would just minister by his spirit. Father, Thank you that tonight that we can come together on this Thanksgiving Sunday, and Lord, just sing some songs together, uh, listen uh, to some of the brothers uh, play uh, with their talents and giftings, Lord, that they present to you, and we're just so thankful, Lord, to be part of your kingdom. Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that you would minister by your Holy Spirit even now as we've come together. That, Lord, that you would capture our thoughts. And the the, the word tells us that we can bring our own thoughts into captivity. That you would be in charge of our thoughts tonight. And that you would minister, Lord, that the the word would be ministered in a power and authority. That, Lord, uh, the enemy will not be able to get any advantage over any of us tonight. Not only tonight, but in our lifetime as we live for you. Lord, whatever good comes out of this few words, few moments together into your word, Lord, we just give you the credit for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thankful, are you serious? That's the title of the message tonight. And and it's meant just like it's written there. Thankful, are you serious? And maybe that's the way you feel tonight. It's Thanksgiving Sunday, but you don't feel thankful or there's other things crowding out thankfulness in your heart. And and if I go through some uh, hard stuff in my life, or if I'm going through some stuff, hard stuff at the present, the question can be asked, how can I be genuinely thankful? And some, with this community of believers that are here tonight, some are already either going through a hard challenge, uh, or either you've come out of one, or you're about to go into one. That's the stuff of life. We're, we're, we're always going through some things. Um, so tonight, I just want to look in the Word at someone that went through some pretty hard stuff and always seems to be thankful. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 from New Living Translation. And most of the scriptures, although there will be some near the end of the message, you won't be on the screen, but most of them will be on the screen. <clears throat> Paul wrote, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. How many would say they belong to Christ Jesus tonight? Put up your hand. Okay, this is for you. Okay, perfect. We're in, the, we're in the right mailbox. Okay? By the time this was written, and by the way, this is one of the first letters that Paul wrote, he had already gone through some stuff. And he wrote this letter to encourage believers in their growth in Christ, and in their understanding of life. <clears throat> and I want on this Thanksgiving evening for you to take special notice of the words beginning with be thankful to the end of the, ver- of the verse. Now we're going to come back to this in just a moment, but right now I just want you to read it out loud with me, starting at be thankful. Read it with me and then we'll move on. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We're going to, we're going to do, deal with this a little bit more, a little later. Let, let's move on to another letter that Paul wrote from prison, maybe 10 years later. And in prison, he was not sure of what was going to happen to him, whether he was going to be released from prison, or he was going to be executed. Now, personally, I've never been in prison. I did come close one time, and I'm not going to give a testimony about that. Uh, just My uncle happened to be with the guard at the prison, and the guy in charge called him, and so... He just kind of buttered me up. I, I really, I was a good guy. And just made a mistake. Okay, we'll go on from there. But I, I believe being in prison would have been bad enough to give anyone a bad attitude. Can you imagine? Like Paul, he was in. He was simply telling people how to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And and I'm in in his own mind. I, I, it doesn't say he thought this, but I, I would have thought this. I, I've tried to be faithful, and this is what I get. How many times have we said that when we've? trying to be living for the Lord, and something all of a sudden unexpected happened that was negative. And we said, yeah, I'm living for Christ, and this is what happens. Let, Let me give you a brief list of what Paul endured for serving Jesus. Five different times he was whipped, 39 times each time. Three times he was beaten with rods, sticks. One time he was stoned, and I'm talking about with rocks, not with other kinds. Three times he was shipwrecked. And one time he was adrift at sea. And besides this, people who were supposed to be his brothers and sisters were falsely accusing him. And so he was going and he went through some seasons without enough food to eat or clothes to wear. Now let me read you what he wrote after going through this stuff. Philippians 4, 6-7. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Moving further down that chapter, begin at verse 11, he said, not that I was ever in need. Paul did, a, did get. Some, a rock damaged your brain, you, you were whipped five times, 39 times each, you were beaten with rods, you were stoned, you were shipwrecked, you were adrift at sea, and you say you've never been in need. Read on. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. He said, don't worry, back in verse 6. He said, don't worry. Now that word, I thought, well, you know what, we all mostly know what worry means, and we've all been through it. And So I thought I'd look it up first, and just, just before we move on, to tell you what worry means. It says it's a, The dictionary says, it's a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual, that means things that are actually happening, or potential problems, things that might happen. And to give an example in the dictionary, it says, it's like an animal, like a dog that's tearing and gnawing at a bone. That's what worry is like. And some symptoms, and you've, you, could, I, you could testify about it, stomach in knots, not getting your sleep, losing your sleep. That's what worry is. And, and Paul says, don't worry about anything. Now, when someone who haven't faced too much in life comes to you and says, when, you know, when you're going through some, 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 some hard stuff, oh, it's going to be okay, and they pat you on the back, be thankful you're going to be okay. You know, you might appreciate their thoughtfulness. Maybe not. You might say, to the, in your own mind, you might say, what do you know, punk? You know, was if if you know, Okay. But when someone has been going through some stormy seasons, just like Paul, and who's been through a lot of stuff, who was treated like a criminal, when he says, give thanks, I personally, I want to know, okay, what is this guy's secret? I have never been whipped 39 times and then five times 39. I've never been beaten with rods. I did get a few... Disciplinary actions when I was younger because you could do it more than parents did it. Uh, I was never shipwrecked. I was never adrift at sea. So I want to know what, what 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 is your secret? So I, I've divided this in kind of three very simple points. The challenge revealed is the first one. Let's go back to First Thessalonians five sixteen to eighteen. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Excuse me. Here is the challenge from a follower of Christ perspective. It says, be thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances. You mean in the stuff I'm going through? All the circumstances? And then he says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So acceptance of God's will. Now, when I look at God's character, I, I personally have difficulty believing that everything that I have went through has been God's will. I don't believe that. I have a problem believing that. And I hope that doesn't that don't shock you, because I still believe in the sovereignty of God, and I believe He's an all-powerful God. I, I just believe that God's will, as it talks about, this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus, in, in that part of the verse... I just believe that when I can't understand, and I just don't know why, he's telling me really that the will of God for my life is the first part of the verse. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. So if I'm going through some hard stuff, and maybe I've brought it on myself, or maybe someone else has done... God is not saying, well, that's that's my will for you, to have your leg cut off, or to be beaten up, or to be bullied, or... To be raped or to go and we could go on and on. He's not saying be thankful for these things. He's saying, be thankful in spite of those things. Always be joyful. Never ever stop praying. Number two, the promise explained. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, Don't worry. Don't get in uncertainty and anxiety. Don't be like that dog gnawing at the bone that don't want to give up. Instead, and says, so don't worry about anything, anything. Sometimes I wonder what part of anything, what is it I don't understand about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Sometimes I think we feel like, oh, well, I'm not going to pray about that. I've got to try to work that out myself. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then, notice that word then, circle it, underline it in your Bible. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He's explaining the promise here. Worry versus prayer. Don't worry about anything. Don't let anything... like. Create uncertainty in your mind. Uh, Instead, what are you supposed to do? Pray. Worry versus pray. See, you can't really pray, sincerely pray, the way that the Bible is talking about, and worry at the same time. You just can't really do both of it at the same time. Then it says, well, tell him what you need. The second thing, tell him what you need. So A is worry versus prayer. B, need. Ask him. Tell him what you need in your situation. And then thank him for all he has done. You might say, well, I have a hard time being thankful when I'm going through a whole lot of stuff. What should I be thankful for? Give give me some hints. Number one, most of you just admitted that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You are a king's kid. You belong to Christ. You're seated with him in heavenly places. So first thing is salvation. Just think for a moment. Where would you be today? Especially some of you that are older. Where would you be today if it wasn't for Jesus Christ? What kind of life would you be living if it wasn't for Jesus Christ? For me, I think I, looking at my lifestyle and the way that I was as a young adult and a teenager, I'd probably be dead or I probably would have killed somebody. That's just kind of, because of the stupidity and the things you did, uh, the irrational things that you did. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 4 to 10, But God is so rich. And I don't have the slides for those. But God is so rich in mercy. And He loved us so much that even though we were dead, and He's not talking about not breathing. He's talking about dead because of our sins. He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ. And He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can, can listen to this, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. Man, what, a, what a, a recipe for those that are insecure. You are God's masterpiece. I didn't say some of you. It says we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us a long time ago. So thank God for salvation. Lord, I thank you that I'm a Christian. I thank you that that you saved me. I I don't understand. Maybe you're the only one saved in your family. Lord, I don't understand it, why why my folks aren't saved, or my brother, my sister. I'm so thankful you saved me. Secondly, thank God that he is good. You know, the enemy will try to convince you that God is not good. And when you're going through a terrible time, and a terrible season, you try to say, God isn't good. If God was good, why would he do this? Or why would he allow this to happen in your life? Psalm 107 says, give thanks for the, to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak it out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies for he has gathered the exiles from many lands east, west, north and south. See, even when I don't understand what's going on in my life, God is still good. That doesn't change his character. Second, thirdly, prayer. Thank God that He answers prayer. Psalm 138 says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing praises before the gods. I bow down before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honors of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways, for the glory of the Lord is very great. That's in Psalm 138. So what is the benefit of, of doing A, B, and C? Like exchanging worry for prayer. Pray instead. Telling God that you, that, that, uh, what, you, what you need. Ask Him for what you need. And then thank Him for what He has done. Well, the last part of the verse. It says if you pray, if you ask, if you, if you thank God, then... Notice, go back to our, our Philippines passage. Then you will experience God's peace. Then it says, then you you cannot experience God's peace peace if you're fretting, if you're you're, you're not you have an in, uh, heart full of ingratitude, if you're just complaining all the time. You will experience God's pre- peace when you pray, when you tell God what you need, and you thank Him for all He has done for you. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Peace. That's what the world's chasing after. And we have that without measure. See, this is not so much a formula for the believer, but it's it's, it's a possibility of a way of life that we can live. So we need to talk to ourselves regarding praying and Asking God to help us in what we need and before we complain. You say, how can I do that? Like, man, the season I'm going through right now, it, it's tough and, and it's just gone over. And that, that illustration that you used about a dog, uh, you know, not, not letting go of the bone. You know, you, you've seen dogs and you try to take a bone from them they they like bite you. You say, and that's what I feel right now. I just can't let go of this worry and the anxiety. It's going over and over in my mind. I lie down to sleep and it's just over and over and over in my mind. How do you do that? I call this last part, the recipe shared. Philippians 4, 11 says, not that I was ever in need. We talked about Paul. That sounds so unrealistic, but it's the truth. He says, there's the reason why I don't feel that way. He said, because I've learned how to be content. See, if you can't, you can't mess around with a person that's learned how to be content. Because you could take everything, every cent they have and they're still content. You can give them a million bucks, and they're still content. He says, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation with a a full stomach or empty. Now, i got to admit, I'm working on this one, and I would say there's some men here with me who would say, I know what it's like when I get hungry. I'm just like a bear. Yeah, I get like that sometimes, too. So so i got to learn that one. I'm still working on that one. So you pray and give me a little bit of grace on that one. But he says, I, I, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So there, this is something to be learned. So if, you, if you're here this, this evening, you say, well, I'm not really thankful. What? Well, don't beat yourself up. This is something that you learn. This is, this is a process. Contentment in every situation. Let me read a, a, a short scripture from Psalm 37, and then I want to read a quote to you. It says, surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently. For him, Psalm 37. I don't know about you, but if I'm going through stuff, and I am a great believer in God answering prayer, I'm not really patient sometimes, waiting for the stuff to be worked out. But this, this writer said, one of the reasons people struggle with contentment is because we're always looking for explanations for why things happen in our lives. God doesn't always tell us why most of the things happens in our lives. And you know what that does? It just ticks us off. Why doesn't God tell us everything in our lives? Sometimes because he's testing us. He's testing us to see if we will let go of control and learn to be content whether he explains it or not. God, see, doesn't owe me or you an explanation for anything, although he does give it to us sometimes. And you wouldn't understand it sometimes even if he did give it. But even if you did get an explanation, it still wouldn't take away the pain. You're not going to know why most things happen until you get on the other side of death. End of quote. So how is it possible? How is it possible to learn contentment? <coughs> Excuse me. How is it possible? It's only possible if our po- purpose or personal focus is on Jesus. Only possible if our personal, fo- not, not the church's focus, or your friends' focus. If your focus is on Jesus, if my focus is on Jesus, each and every time some hard stuff comes, my focus is on Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't understand what's going on. And I've been through stuff. Anybody who's been around and lived for a while, you've been through stuff. We've been through car accidents and kind of messed up our our, 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 our uh, pastoral ministry. We've been through health challenges myself, through family challenges. But but I have found. That what happens if my personal focus is on Jesus? Like someone, I, I just heard this guy say this a little while ago. Challenges and crisis in your life and in my life can infect us, just like this Zika virus, can infect us with spiritual amnesia. Listen to that again. Challenges or crisis or problems in your life or worry can infect you, can affect me with spiritual amnesia. And that's just what the enemy wants. You know what amnesia is? You forget stuff. And when you're going through a struggle and you're going through a hard time, it's so easy, if you're not careful, to forget that God is still on the throne. God has not been buried somewhere and over in Israel and His body is rotted in, the, in a cave over there somewhere. God is alive. He rose after thir- three days and He's still alive today and He's still on the throne and nobody can dethrone Him and He won't be voted out. God is still on the throne. So let's be careful. The minute we start going through some stuff and we start saying, Oh God, what's going on now? Where is God and all this? Just remember, that's the enemy. He's trying to give you some spiritual amnesia. He's trying to bring the eclipse in your life. And we all know what an eclipse is like something comes between the earth and the light, whether it's the moon or the sun. The sun is still there, the moon's still there. But because of the eclipse, we can't see the light. And that's what happens to us many times. We go through stuff. We go through, through struggles, through challenges, unexpected stuff. And, you know, as you're younger, uh, when you're younger, sometimes it's, it can be like just like a friend said stuff they shouldn't have said. Somebody, <coughs> excuse me, has bullied you or, or things didn't go the way that you wanted in a relationship or, or whatever. And all of a sudden you get a spiritual amnesia or a spiritual eclipse going on in your life. So, yes, we can give thanks regardless of what we're going through. Excuse me, I should have brought my, a bottle of water for myself. <clears throat> excuse me. And I, I'm not standing here today saying, you know what? I wish I could. You know, I got this all down. <laughs> I'm contented no matter what. That's not true. And if I say, said it's true, my wife would stand up and say, excuse me. <laughs> she knows me. It's not true. But, I, I, but, you know, as I grow in Christ, I feel like I'm growing more to be content. So that my life, instead of like this every time something happens, it becomes more steady and more stable. Why? Not because I'm some kind of hyper-spiritual. But because my focus is on Jesus Christ more than ever before. And the enemy can't give me spiritual amnesia like he used to. He can't bring an eclipse in my life like he used to because I still see the sun. I know even if it's dark that Jesus Christ is still alive and well and he still loves me. He's still good. He still answers prayer and he still cares for me. I got some water coming. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. That's better. Aren't you glad you serve the Lord like that? Aren't you glad on Thanksgiving in 2016, you can say, Lord, I give you thanks. Yeah, no, things are not going great, but I give you thanks because you're good. And I know you're going to work out the best for me. So we can give thanks regardless of what we're going through. So if you're here today, this evening, and you're not just sure what you believe anymore because the stuff of life lately has beaten you down, believe Jesus. Believe Jesus no matter what. Look, you know what? If the enemy comes in with a pack of lives or people say, ah, where's God now? I thought you were supposed to be one of those Jesus people following Jesus Christ. Where is he now? He's still where he always was. He's still on the throne. The last words haven't been written yet. God is still in charge. God's way will still work out. So the bottom line is, who do you believe? Not what do you believe. Who do you believe? Because who you believe shapes the what. This is what Paul did and I want to give you one more verse written from prison to show that he said, "I know the one." I don't know if did I put that on the yes. I know the one in whom I trust. I know the one who I know the one whom I trust, and I am sure. Are you sure today? I am sure that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him. What are you you entrusted to the Lord? Have you entrusted to the Lord your future, your relationship? that person you, you're hoping someday that will come into your life, have you entrusted all that stuff to him? I know the one in whom I've trusted, and I am sure that he's able to guard what I've entrusted unto him until the day that he returns. Hallelujah. Do you know him? Do you really know him in such a way that whatever comes, you will trust him? You know, I think on Thanksgiving Day, followers of Jesus should be the most thankful people around. Doesn't matter what they're going through. Thankful anyway. Someone, I I read this this morning before we traveled to Andy Kanish this morning to speak and and I had to write it down in these notes. And this is what it says. Nothing or no one is more impoverished than the one who has no gratitude. No one is more impoverished than the one who has no gratitude. I don't know about you, but I love being around upbeat, thankful people. I love that. You know the worst thing in life that gets you depressed and want you to go on heavy meds is people who are just, everything is bad about life, no matter what. Ha- and if someone give them $50 or wondering why it wasn't $100. If someone gives them 100 why wasn't it $150? And if, if, if it's a sunny day today, oh, it's too bright and it's too hot. And if it's cold, oh, you know, I just can't wait for the sun. Oh my, I sound, I sound something like me in the wintertime. Okay. I got, I got to check myself on that one. One more verse. And I don't have this on the screen either because I wasn't sure if I was going to include it. Psalm 50, 14, 15, and verse 23. You say, I, how can I work this in my life and not be a fake? It says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Isn't that interesting? Thankfulness as a sacrifice. I never ever thought of it like that. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows you made to the Most High. In other words, keep doing what you're supposed to do regardless. But make thankfulness your sacrifice. Then, this is what God says, then call on me when you are in trouble and I'll rescue you. And you will give me glory. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. (laughs) Listen to this. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. I didn't know thankfulness was so important before in a Christian's life. Giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. You want to honor God? Be a thankful person. He says, if you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God or of your God. Are you thankful today? Do you know whom you trust? do you really trust him do you really believe that even though you could give you could give a, a long list of stuff that you've went through but you can still be thankful and you know you might not have been through some of the stuff that Paul was through you might not have been in prison you might not have uh, uh, you know, been beaten with st- sticks and had rocks thrown at you and left for dead or shipwrecked. But you you are a thankful person. And the Bible is clear. That if you're not a thankful person, you say, well, I, you know, I could, my my grandfather wasn't thankful. He was just a miserable old coot. And, and my dad was the same way. Or all my friends are." like, you don't have to be. You can be the change maker in your life, in your environment, wherever you are. And young people in the school. You can be the person that makes people feel like you know this high school is the best place that ever. It doesn't mean everything is going great but you're giving a sacrifice of thanks to the Lord because you know who's in charge and he can change things. We're going to pray in just a moment but you know what? I'd like to do something and this is not on the agenda and I didn't even ask Pastor Bruce so if I shouldn't do this you tell him and he'll never ask me to speak again. I'm not wishing he would do that. But I'm just saying, okay? He might ask Ann to speak next time. I, I would like for at least five people, like, this, I, I, like from your hands lifted, most of you are followers of Jesus, so if we can't do this among believers, we'll never do it anywhere else. But in 60 seconds or less, just, just say it loud so everybody can hear you, something that you're thankful for. If you're a follower of your, anyone who would like to say, you know what, I'm just, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for food. I'm thankful for health. I'm just thankful that I live in Canada and I live in New Glasgow and not in Aleppo, Syria today. I'm thankful for that. I'm truly thankful. I pray for those people. I'm thankful I'm not in Edie today. I'm thankful I'm not in South in, in Carolina today or in Florida today where the hurricane. I'm just thankful. Okay, I did my 60 seconds. Is there someone else? At least five people who you're just, you're just thankful today and just say what you're thankful for. It can be one thing, it can be two things, as long as you can say it in 60 seconds. Is there anyone? Thank God for fusing you. You're, you're a really thankful person. <laughs> Gary. Uh, there's got to be a better way to do purging. It's got to be. And I know Brenda is very thankful, and your daughter is too, that you do have another house. Is someone else. Would a like, just give a thank you to God? This is this is to God. You're not putting on a show for nobody. You're just saying, I'm just I just want to publicly thank God for this. Anybody? All right. Thank you, jo- Joanna. Anyone else? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's right. That's how you can be a thankful person, by realizing who's in charge. Jesus Christ. Someone else? I thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord, we're praying for healing for my brother. That he'll get healed, too. Okay, someone else. Amen. Praise the Lord. Someone else. This is good. I like this. Anybody else just want to say a thank you? Amen. Amen. Everyone needs a home. One church, that's one of their mottos. Everyone needs a home, and they call the church community their home. Anyone else? Got to thank you to the Lord. This is good. I, I know we've had five already, but I we, we'll just go a little bit over. Here, thankful for hugs. Good. Okay, back in the back. Amen. That's right. Good one. Good one. Anyone else? Amen. Someone else. You guys like each other, that's good. (laughs) Anyway, why don't we? Is there anyone else before I I close in prayer? And from my understanding, so I wasn't here last Sunday, but I did see the bulletin. There's desserts. I'm not getting angry or anything, and I'm not getting anxious, and I've still got a good attitude, but I think Desserts sound real good. I I just want you to to remember uh, this week because. You know, this week, if you're breathing, there's going to be some things that's going to, like roadblocks are going to come against you. And just remember what the Word of God says. Not so much what I said. What the Word of God says about being thankful. Being a thankful person and uh, just allowing God to teach you how to be thankful for all the things that he's done for you in spite of some of the rough stuff that comes our way. Be thankful anyway. Focus on Jesus Christ. Is there anyone, as I pray, you would like me to remember you in prayer? Because you have some things that, that's going on that you just need some prayer for that that you can live this out. Just just wave your hand at me. We're gonna thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Why don't we stand together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just, just why don't you just thank Him now for a moment? Thank you, Jesus, for Your goodness towards us. Thank you, Lord, that You're real, Lord. Thank you, even though we don't understand what's going to happen tomorrow and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, we know that you're still on the throne. And, Lord, you are not going to to abandon us. You're not going to leave us. You're here with us, Lord. We thank you for that. Uh, Father, we are so thankful for your word that encourages us, Lord. We're so thankful, dear Lord God. uh, Yes, we are serious. We can be thankful people. Lord, not because of our money, not because of our lack of money, not because, dear Lord God, of our status in society, uh, not because of how many friends we have, or that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that wife, or that husband, but we can be thankful, Lord, for you, because of what you've done, and Lord, that you haven't written the last word on our lives yet. No matter what we're going through, if we are in the middle of one of the worst storms of our life right now, Lord, you know exactly what's going on, and you're there with us. You promised you would never abandon us, no matter what we're going through. Lord, if, if there's someone here tonight... The Lord, that they've been tossing and turning the last few nights on their bed and not able to sleep because of things that have been really bothering them, Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, just like you did, Lord, in that boat when the disciples were all worried and and just full of fear because of the waves that were all around them. I say the same words in Jesus' name. Peace be still. Peace be still. Be still. Bring peace uh, in my, my 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 church family's life, whoever that might be that's struggling right now, dear Lord God, with fear and anxiety and worry and knots in their stomach, uh, loss of sleep. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we will get our focus back on you. And Lord, realize that uh, like the old song says, uh, Lord, that when we know you, Lord, we, we also know who holds tomorrow. Because you won't abandon. You're, You're already in tomorrow. You already know what's going to happen to Lord God. So, Father, thank you, Lord. And for that one that raised their hand, I just pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, they will hear your word right now. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. May there but not be one person from Christian Fellowship Church who would ever be infected with spiritual amnesia. And if if, if it happens to come, they'll recognize it right away and say, no, devil, I'm not going to listen to you. I believe what God said. God is on the throne. I belong to God, and he'll take care of me. Bless your people. Minister by your spirit. Give us a good time now, Lord, as we fellowship together, uh, uh, Lord, around the food that's been prepared. And and thank you, Lord, as someone said, for, for church family. Being able to get together like this, and Lord, and just 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 sense, Lord, your love and the love of people for each other. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone again said, "Amen." God bless you. Thank you.